This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Hey everyone, it's Valerie here. Today's show is an interview with a famous author, a bestseller, and a great guest to have on my show. Today's show is part two. If you haven't listened to part one that was released yesterday, please check it out. Liam Callanan is such a fantastic guest, and I still have his books sitting on my desk enjoying the cover and knowing the story. Liam Callanan is an incredible writer, and no wonder he's a person that really fills your mind with a story better than your imagination. At least this one did this for me. It connected me with the book, the trials, and a love a mother has for her children. He told this story through the eyes of a mother, so remarkable that you were sure it was written either about someone he knew intimately or from a woman. But no, he wrote this book, and it's worth the read. So perfectly fitting into my theme of read, enjoy this two-part episode. And... I have two books to give away. So, both of them will come with a handmade, scrapbooked bookmark, Paris-themed, of course. And you'll find the details to enter for this giveaway in the show notes. And at the end of the episode, of course, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast with your host, me, Valerie Moss. This show is about eating, reading, and creating. How these three things influence us every day and the people that make this happen. Isn't it you or me or our friends? funny about like the tv dinners <laughs> the tv dinners in paris that apparently are just amazing uh, <laughs> they're not like you know, our tv dinners no i have a funny bit about that so they're so they are amazing in paris they're these it's uh there's special stores there's a there's a special chain uh picard p-i-c-a-r-d yeah and uh so there's these special frozen food only stores and the packaging is gorgeous. So there's just like to die for photos on the thing. And the food inside looks exactly like the package. And I know that because uh, on one of my trips to Paris, I actually went into one of those stores and I bought up a ton of food. And then I went back to my little hotel, which is a cute little place up, uh, where was it? Up in the, up in the tent, I think. And, uh, I told the guy at the desk, I said, I'm back from the store. Uh, I need to eat all this. And he said, sir, what are you doing? You are in Paris, the culinary capital of the world. You have bought all this frozen food. And I said, I'm working on a book, and I need to know what French frozen food tastes like. And he was mortified, but he agreed that he would make it in the little microwave he had in the office. And then, of course, he brought it up to me with, like, you know, napkins and flair and candles and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so she she learned. I'm totally, yeah, I, Yeah. I, I I would bring back that frozen food if I could. What is Picard? 
Simply put, it's like an M&M meat shop, but, and this is a huge, enormous but, it's high-end. It's French at its finest. People purchase this food for high-end dinner parties. French people love their Picard dinners. Here's a short story about the start of this marvel in France. The company began in 1906 when Raymond Picard began delivering blocks of alpine ice to Paris area homes before refrigerators and freezers were common. By 1974, the business had been purchased by Arnaud de Salle, who began selling frozen vegetables from a storefront in Paris. Today, Picard is owned jointly by Swiss-Irish food conglomerate Aritza and private equity group Leon Capital, and has about a 1,000 stores in France, where it commands 20% of the frozen food market. A recent expansion has also brought branches to Belgium, Italy, Switzerland, and Sweden. Do you have any manuscripts that kind of nag you that aren't finished? I'm sure you have some, but any that are constantly there? Like, do you live through these manuscripts, or are you kind of like a, a finisher, unlike Robert in the book, let's say? Uh, yeah. No, I'm a finisher, but I don't always, what I finish doesn't always see the light of day. It's important. Oh. So I've got some. I've got some books in a drawer. That's no question about that. Um, yeah. Because I'm I'm kind of someone who writes to figure out what I'm writing about, mm-hmm. and so I don't I don't necessarily know. But I need to finish it to find out what it was about. And then once I finish it, I'm like, huh. So that was it. So, um, but you know, every now and then a book comes out of the drawer or an idea is there, and then I feel like, oh, this is what this book was about. And then mm. I, that, I mean, there's a paragraph that's in first book, yeah, that came from uh, a manuscript that's in a drawer, and I'm working on something right now uh, that's I, ca- I have to get I can't talk about it too much because otherwise it'll just disappear, like right. But uh, that that's also kind of had a long. It's just been something I've been thinking about for a long time. Mm. I find live in these books in my head a long time before I live in them on the page. And that's. I'm just, sure you uh, would. Like, I think that they would permeate you and then it gets a little you, stronger until you can kind of get your wording out on paper, let's say. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Okay. What's a book that is something or an author or a book that you've read that you would highly recommend? Do you have like a favorite go-to? Oh, I recommend? have a bunch of, I have, I have a bunch of favorite go-tos. Uh, the, I was just thinking about Tony Morrison's Jazz, which I think is another, it's a great book about kind of writing about an art form, in that case, jazz, mm-hmm. brings everything and just but puts it on the page in a gorgeous way. And I think it's, it's not read as much as her other books. And I, it's, I think it's my favorite. I also so have is a book. Is it called Jazz? It's called Jazz, J-A-Z-Z. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it works like a jazz piece because everything's in the first paragraph of the piece and then, she just kind of riffs on that melody throughout the piece. So uh, did you spell that J-A-Z-Z? Yes. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You have to translate. Is it Z or Z? 
Back to Toni Morrison's book, Jazz. Wow. Here's the excerpt for this book. In the winter of 1926, when everybody everywhere sees nothing but good things ahead, Joe Trace, middle-aged, door-to-door salesman of Cleopatra Beauty Products, shoots his teenage lover to death. At the funeral, Joe's wife, Violet, attacks the girl's corpse. This passionate, profound story of love and obsession brings us back and forth in time. As a narrative is ensembled from the emotions, hopes, fears, and deep realities of Black urban life. Let me move it up to Canada then. I also love uh, the Canadian author Alex Olin, who teaches over at UBC Mm -hmm. and uh, has a beautiful book out that was, I believe, a finalist for the Gilmore called Dual Citizens. And it's such a great book. And Mm -hmm. uh, you should read it for the cat Viking funeral alone. Um, or I, I don't want to spoil it, but there's, there's an amazing scene with kind of taking care of pets, but it's, it's also a beautiful story about women and um, about filmmaking and about sisterhood and the bonds of family and uh, finding your own kind of place in the world. And I just loved it. It's gorgeous. Uh, and Alex is a great writer. So I would scoop up all of her books and I imagined you can get them quite readily in Canada, weekend to here in the States or worldwide, wherever your podcast is tuned into. Um, but Thank yeah, you, it, yes. I would, either one of those, I think it'd be great. He speaks so highly of Canada and to have one of his favorite writers be from here is pretty cool. Alex Olin writes, Dual Citizens, here's the excerpt from this book. All her life, Lark Brassard has felt invisible, overshadowed by the people around her, first by her temperamental mother, Marianne, then by her sister, Robin, a brilliantly talented pianist as wild as the animals she loves, and finally by Lawrence Wheelock, a renowned filmmaker who is both Lark's employer and her occasional lover. When Wheelock denies her what she longs for most, a child, Lark is forced to re-examine a life marked by unrealized ambitions and thwarted desires. As she takes charge of her destiny, Lark comes to rely on Robin in ways she never could have imagined. In this meditation on motherhood, sisterhood, desire, and self-knowledge, Alex Olin traces the rich and complex path toward fulfillment as an artist and a human being. Those sound amazing. So I loved your website. I spent quite a few days kind of going through it. The whole thing in itself is a novel or a a love story, just reading through your website. So positive and you give back. I love this story about the subway and how you designed. Maybe you want to just talk a little bit about that and your poetry and how you have like a spot on your site that you brag for your students. Like that is just such (sighs) a nice way to give back. Anyways, I, Spent quite a bit of time on there, and I'm going to definitely encourage my listeners to go and 
and, you know, spend an afternoon drinking a cup of coffee and enjoying your website. Oh, it's really, really well thought out and laid out and little story offshoots to your actual books. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I spent some time on it, so I'm glad to hear that it got through. But, uh, I mean, yeah, just to mention some of those other things, I do, uh, one part of the website is about, I'm interested in, uh, I call it kind of community literature program, getting words and work out of the ivory tower and into the streets. And one such mm-hmm. project was um, called Poetry Everywhere, where I took other poets' poems and I got some students at my university to animate them, animate the words on screen. And then those were then screened on um, public transit systems around the United States on video monitors. And they still live online. And if you go to the liamcallenland.com and look for poetry projects, you can get a link to them. They're really gorgeous. If anyone listening teaches kids, uh, they're great because they're usually like two or three minutes long. And uh, they're really kind of illustrated in a fun and vivid way. And so it's kind of a great way to get kids engaged with poetry. And then I do brag on behalf of my students. So I'm very excited to do that. I think the most Recent book is one coming out in May by a very gifted writer named Christina Clancy, and her book is called Second Home, which is another great book, as it happens, about sisters and families and some mystery in the ties of buying. First, she has a great website, and if you didn't catch her name, it's Christina Clancy. And her book is called The Second Home. Great cover art for the book of three people frolicking in the water, sort of a watercolor painted. Here's the excerpt from this book. After a disastrous summer spent at her family's summer home on Cape Cod, 17-year-old Anne Gordon is left harboring a secret that changes her life forever and creates a rift between her sister Poppy and their adopted brother, Michael. Now 15 years later, her parents have died, and Anne and her sister Poppy are left to decide the fate of the old, well-fleet home that's been in the Gordon family for generations. While they both love the house, they decide to sell it and move forward. But then Michael re-enters their lives with a legitimate claim to a third of the estate. He wants the house. But more than that, he wants to set the record straight about that long-ago summer. Reunited after years apart, these very different siblings are forced to decide if they can continue to be a family. And in the process, they'll discover that the house might be the glue that holds them together. But I, I, to me, it's all about giving back. I'm into writing not because it's a lonely life, but because I like community. And I think when we all work together to hold each other up, especially in times like this, the better off we all are. And that's why it's so great, you know, honestly, to have this conversation because writing can get really lonely. And to speak with a reader like yourself and to kind of find that this story that I told has connected with someone that I've never met before, but you know, seems to really understand the world that I created so well, maybe even better than I understand. It's just a gift, and it's a bond that I wouldn't have expected had I not been a writer. So I'm kind of grateful to that. I'm grateful to you, uh, to this podcast, and to readers everywhere. But uh, this has been a real gift. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like I said, I don't come upon a book very often that actually 
will make me cry. Oh. Oh, thank you for saying that. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, that's beautiful. So, yes, I am that sensitive. I'm that raw in my everyday life. I love to feel connected and to feel that I matter, that you matter. I'm humbled that Liam, this well-to-do author, took the time to be on my show and valued this interview. It's so important to share stories written or told to build people up, especially during the lonely times we are dealing with. It's ironically funny. He says writing is a lonely profession, and he believes in the spirit of community. How polar opposite is that? But I will share one of my favorite books with you. Please do. If if you're up for a good read. Yeah. So it's by an artist called Isabel Allende. Oh, yeah. A-L-L-E-N-D-E. And she wrote a book called Daughter of Fortune. And it's about this girl who basically like an outside influence. She has to disguise herself as a man, a young boy, but she's so smart. And it's at the time where it's the San Francisco gold rush. And she develops this purpose for herself. And she writes stories on behalf of the men that are panning for gold. And it's not about the story she writes for them. It's about the story that she lives in through this book. Mm. And it's fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. I, I know that's the author, but I don't, know, I don't know the book. Yeah, I will go find mm-hmm. This is one of my all-time favorite books. One, because I got it from my birthday when I was maybe 23 years old, and it was the first book that I fell in love with, sank myself into, laughed and cried and enjoyed and couldn't put it down. That good passion and heartache, but heroic measures, with profound strength. Here's the excerpt. Orphaned at birth, Eliza Summers is raised in the British colony of Valparaiso, Chile, by the well-intentioned Victorian spinster Miss Rose and her more rigid brother Jeremy. Just as she meets and falls in love with the wildly inappropriate Joaquin Andieta, a lowly clerk who works for Jeremy, gold is discovered in the hills of Northern California. By 1849, Chileans of every stripe have fallen prey to feverish dreams of wealth. Joaquin takes off for San Francisco to seek his fortune, and Eliza, pregnant with his child, decides to follow him. As Eliza embarks on her perilous journey north in the hold of a ship and arrives in the rough and tumble world of San Francisco, she must navigate a society dominated by greedy men. 
But Eliza soon catches on with the help of her natural spirit and a good friend, the Chinese doctor, Tao Chen. What became as a search for love ends up as the conquest of personal freedom. A marvel at storytelling, Daughter of Fortune confirms once again Isabel Allende's extraordinary gift for fiction and her place as one of the world's leading writers. So where do people find you, Liam? They can find me on the web at liamcallinan.com and at most bookstores, uh, and certainly libraries too. So I'm a big fan. I wrote a book about a bookstore. I'm a big fan of independent bookstores. So shop your local indie if you can. And um, I mean, it's just important in in these times, of course, to kind of support bookstores and small businesses however we can. So, But uh, bookstores first. I'm lucky to live next to a great one here, Basel Books. Boswell Book Company carries this book he's mentioned, and it's called My Bookstore, where writers celebrate their favorite places to browse, read, and shop. Here's the excerpt. My Bookstore collects the essays, stories, odes, and words of gratitude and praise for stores across the country in 81 pieces, written by our most beloved authors. It's a joyful, industry-wide celebration of our bricks-and-mortar stores, and a clarion call to readers everywhere at a time when the value and importance of these stores should be shouted from the rooftops. Think John Grisham, Isabel Allende, Robert McComer, Laurent Dubois, all across the USA. It sounds wonderful. But wherever you are, just kind of go in and say hi, because that's how this whole journey started for me and I hope it keeps going. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the show and sharing your story and your book. And I'm going to give away my copy. And I know you uh, mentioned that you would put a copy out there as well. And I can't bear the thought of you being without a copy. So I'm going to, I'm going to mail you your, your very own copy and then I'll mail you another one to give to another lucky listener. I just uh, love that. So thank you for that. So sweet. And I'll make a couple of bookmarks because I scrapbook and play with paper over here. So I'll make some bookmarks to go in your book and wonderful. take care of your family through this crazy thank time. Thank and you. And I you will. Thank you so much. You were so kind and gracious. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. You take care. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye now. Bye now. As a short side note, we were going to have this as a video recording, but because of COVID, we both decided and needed haircuts, so opted for the audio version only. The show was originally recorded in May of 2020 of COVID year still on our brains for discussion. All the links to the books and details we discuss in this episode are in my show notes or visit my website, valeriemoss.ca. Liam has an incredible website, truly spent time creating his website into a story. So if you have a chance to visit this, it's worth sipping a good coffee and perusing. 
To close on this interview with Liam Callanan and Paris by the Book, I'd highly recommend this read and get to know Leah. She's a mom who tries with all her might, and you can feel it and relate to it. One thing she says that has always sat with me is, no matter how old a daughter gets, they always fit into their mom perfectly for a hug. And Ellie and Daphne and their mysterious dad, Robert who leaves these notes so simply but so impactful that this family searches for him, Madame, the woman who lives above and owns the bookstore, Eleanor, Robert's colleague but Leah's friend, the twins and their dad who grounds Leah when she needs it the most. It's such a great book. To get your hands on a free copy with a personalized Paris-themed bookmark, leave a comment about a book that has lingered. It's your must suggestion to anyone who needs a good book. Share it with your friends or tag me on Instagram or Facebook as I'm giving away two copies. Mine, because Liam has replaced this with a hardcover, thank you, and another paperback with Paris-inspired handmade bookmarks by me, Valerie Moss, from Calgary, Alberta. Eat, read, and create. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. Please stay subscribed. Please keep in touch and share my show with your friends, family, and colleagues. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. It's growing and building, and I love sharing and learning from you guys. Email or text me at my email address, Valerie at ValerieMoss.ca, and share your ideas and your comments about my show. My new show music is called Girl, and I love it. It's by Text Me Records, Leviathan. Intro and outro is recorded by London Moss. Cover art and production is by me, Valerie Moss. Thanks for listening. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information. I do, but you know what? The the music that I love and would be great as a background. I don't, it wouldn't go for the whole piece. Is the um, the opening music of the Red Balloon, uh, which is oh, this, how fitting. It's so haunting, and I guarantee that you will get a listener to who will write in and say, "Oh my God, that took me back," because it's just it begins. Da, 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 da. I, I oh, I, I kind of cheer up just when I hear it. So yeah, just that would be my recommended music for Paris by the Book.